folks and welcome to Tech Talks. Today we have the wonderful Carmina and Ben from Howling Wolf Bakery in Whitehaven. So we're very privileged to have you here today because I feel you guys are riding the success train at the moment very very quickly because it wasn't that long ago that you actually opened your first premises was it? No barely two months. Two months and it's going from strength to strength but I'm going to rewind a little bit for people who are watching and listening I'm going to ask Carmina and Ben about their story and I'm going to ask Ben first because apparently he's the quiet one. <laughs> so Ben tell me about yourself and your background and how you've ended up where you are now having this premises set seven in my opinion the best cinnamon buns this side of Manchester <laughs> well to be honest so first time I started working as a chef it was about 10 years ago mm -hmm. so I just graduated and then I didn't want to go to school because I don't like school that much so I just <laughs> look like a shortcut kind of and mm -hmm. then I went for like a chef course uh, so I passed it and then I started working everything was fine so then we moved to England and Start working in the kitchen as well, yeah. and so on. But to be honest, every all the time I had like a passion for the baking part, but I never had the time and where to practice it. So once we moved in here, because I quit being a chef, kind of. Mm -hmm. So I was just at home all the time, like helping Mina with the leather workshop. Yeah. Uh, so I had like plenty of time. So then I started to bake and bake like every day. So. We started making friends, so instead of us eating all the pastries, <laughs> I shared with them. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, to be honest, how I discovered the cinnamon rolls, how I started baking them, but I it just happened. Just <laughs> I can't realize. Yeah, it, I can't remember the day it happened. So it our was, friends, I think, yeah. the first or second tag market. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, because of course, I'll. We'll, we'll probably jump around a wee bit. Because you've been part of the Teg family for over 12 months now, haven't you? Probably, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about that. How, how have Teg supported you? How did you get involved? What have you worked on with them and etc. So do you want me to take over now? <laughs> or she'll go with it. <laughs> you go with it. Okay, then I'll go with it. Uh, so uh, because I was at home and yeah. wanted to like... Because my friends and your friends as well <laughs> liked the baking part. So I was like, why not start selling at markets at least like once a month or so on. So then I messaged the council and then Jenny was involved with the council before she started the tag. Uh, so she put me like she gave us a stall to mm -hmm. be there like every month. And then we started selling and everything was fine. <laughs> so... Uh, I think it was more than fine because you were selling out, weren't you? Well, at the, the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning, we had only like Romanian pastries mostly. Mm -hmm. We didn't have the cinnamon rolls yet. No, I think the second, like maybe the second um, market that was with the council. I think we did two council markets before. Oh, the young entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, and then Jenny started tag, and I think it was one of like the very first ones when we were brainstorming more pastry ideas. Because mm -hmm. then I got involved because obviously. <laughs> I was tasting all the pastries and yeah. like the number one food critique. <laughs> like we were coming up with ideas and somehow like my mom used to bake cinnamon rolls. Yeah. And then somehow I, I guess we 
just mentioned true idea out there and then Ben came up with this recipe and somehow they turned out amazing. So we brought them at the market without having any idea that we're going to become the cinnamon. Known for it. Yeah. 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 But to be honest, they weren't like that perfect at the beginning. It took me about a couple of months to like make them better and better. Yeah. <laughs> every time. All these things take time. Perfection takes time, they say, don't they? But I think they're absolutely wonderful. Um, and obviously they're all coming in different flavours and stuff now, aren't they? Which yeah. is very exciting. We'll get back to cinnamon rolls in a minute. But now, for now, we want to talk to Carmina. Um, so I know that you are very similar to me in the sense that you're a maker and an artisan and you used to have a product and a photography business, but your product yep. side of things was leathercraft, wasn't it? Yeah. So tell me about how did you get into that and did you go to university to do anything like that or is it no. self-taught? So I was in university for English and creative writing mm -hmm. and in my second year I was so bored <laughs> with it. Um, I didn't find university challenging at all. So I just... I was doing uh, custom jewellery and selling on Etsy and then I thought that's boring as well because I've got ADHD so I jump from one hobby yeah. to another one. Nothing sticks for more than like a couple of months. <laughs> and then I wanted to do silversmithing but I couldn't afford the classes. My second passion, like aspiration was leather craft and that was cheap enough because you basically need a few pieces of leather, a knife, ruler and... Like yeah. yeah, it was really cheap to start. And once I started, and I've seen how easy it is to get something that was on my mind, to just create a product within hours or days, it was just amazing. Like, mm. I found it so interesting because I've never been great at drawing or doing any kinds of arts. Mm. So just having this power to kind of, like, think about the design and then I can present it to the world, it was just amazing. And then people would pay for it, so it was... I knew it was so similar because I'm the same. I'm not... A tech, well, semi technically minded maker. I'm one of those people who maybe think of it, draw it, make it, and then if it goes wrong, I'll make it again. Yeah. Rather than meticulously plan it out to size oh, and cool. dimensions. Whereas my dad, who's an engineer, he's like, uh, I'll draw it out on CAD first and we'll 3D model it and we'll make sure it's going to work. And I'm like, but where's the excitement in there? Yeah. A lot of, to be honest, a lot of leather artisans do this, the exact same. Like, you use. I'm not even sure how it's called because I've never... It's a type of foam that they use that mimics the texture of leather. Okay, yeah, like a and faux material. Yeah, yeah, they would create the whole product in that and then recreate it in leather. And I'm like, you've completely lost me. For me, the fun part is staring at a piece of leather, going crazy on it, and then presenting whatever came out of it. And then if I like the finished product, then I'm going to step back and look at all the steps I've taken, write them down and save for future reference. I've been doing it for five years before I've actually started drawing patterns of my best-selling items. <laughs> so like, you can make them over and over. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like the um, repetitiveness. Yeah, you want to be able to probably put your own stamp on everything yeah. you make that's slightly different. And I guess you can agree or disagree with me, Ben. Is cooking similar? And when you're producing... The I know we keep going back to the cinnamon rolls, <laughs> but say, for instance, you've made a hundred of those in their kind of classic flavour, and I kind of know the answer of it because you've already done it. You've developed that product already, haven't you, to be different flavours or different textures for the time of year, because do you get bored just making the same thing over and over again? Well, I 
started to get bored, but somehow I went over it. So now I'm again like passionate about that. So yeah, so you've after, kind of rolled. Yeah, the, so after the, the first curve. month, I started to be a, because I was a bit tired because I was there like every day. Every yeah. day. <laughs> so now somehow just enjoying doing it again. Yeah. But I've got it, a, new, a new challenge to make them gluten-free, so that's going to be a bit harder for me. So oh, I've got a customer for you, because my mother-in-law's a celiac, so um, she'll be your favourite customer, because she cannot eat gluten in any form. But it, it is challenges like that that you guys are going to face and have faced every day. And I know I met you guys right in the thick of, like, what I like to call creative chaos oh, and yeah. stress. <laughs> and... You, Carmina was just like doing circles in her head, round and round of, I need this, I need that, I need this. It's not the best time for you to be talking to me because I need to do this <laughs> in the nicest possible way. What do you think has been the biggest challenge so far with opening your own premises? Definitely hiring stuff, mm. hiring people, training them, doing all the paperwork and then deciding whether you keep the people you've hired or not. I think the hospitality industry as a whole is, and since COVID, uh, they're suffering with staff. And I, I read a piece on LinkedIn this morning. It was like, um, hotelier is worried about summer season due to staff. And it's that they're finding that they can't get staff, number one, and number two, keep the staff they've got for whatever reason. Um, so I can empathise with that in terms of you guys starting something new and wanting to be the best you can possibly be and wanting your staff to share that journey with you and be as passionate because when you run your own business, you want everybody who's involved to be as passionate as you guys are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so hard. No, I totally understand. Um, what about... What's been the high? What's been the best thing that's happened so far? For me. Well, either, both together, whatever. If you had a day off, is that been your best moment? <laughs> I mean, hiring a barista would, was like one of the key moments, I think, when I when I decided I'll stay and not run sprinting <laughs> in the wild. Um, yeah, it's been like, I've been really lucky to find a barista that has just become unemployed and he had mm. a lot of experience that he, he joined the team because that allowed me to spend more time working on other things yeah. rather than just being a barista and a waitress. And mm. like you said, going in circles about all the things I need to get done. Yeah, because I bet your to-do list is forever a mile long. Oh, you don't want to know. Well, it's on a daily basis. What is that? What gets you up in the morning? What's that What's that burning passion inside that you get up in the morning and go, right, we're going to work, rather than, oh, God, no, I can't do it. I can't do it today. What makes you assume that I have the first one? <laughs> You'd be honest with me. You could be perfectly honest because I said to Pete this morning, I was like, I'm not sure I can do this today. He says, why, what's wrong with you? I said I got really emotional last time we did it. <laughs> and I said it was just... It was just emotional talking about people's businesses and highs and lows. And um, when you're self-employed and you're a sole trader, nine times out of ten, the only person I speak to or thing I speak to in a day is the dog. Oh, that's been my life. It's so been to like <laughs> ten people in a day. I was uh, I drove home. I was like, I can't believe her. 
So, yeah, we're allowed to have days when we think, oh, God, I can't do it today. Yeah, I I only have that when I'm supposed to be front of the house. If I'm being the barista on that day, because I still work as a barista on the days when the actual barista is having a day off. Yeah. That's okay because I'm only, it's me, the machine, I make the drinks, it's fine. But when I have to talk to like a hundred people in a day, that's just absolutely draining and having to deal with everyone. If one of the customers is a bit upset of, or grumpy, I take that personally. Do you get away with it Ben, being more in the kitchen or do you just get annoyed at yourself more? Well, to be honest, for me, it's a bit hard to get annoyed. So I'm lucky with that. He's never, he's just yeah, like, you really yeah. laid back. Yeah, but to be honest, we got like loads of nice uh, feedback from customers. Mm-hmm. So that's helping me at least. Yeah, because do you are you maybe, I don't know if I don't want to be too presumptuous. Are you a bit more like if you had 10 good reviews and one not so good, would you focus on the not so good one? Oh, I would be crying for yeah. a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the moment I get a bad review, it's like the good ones don't even exist. Yeah. Like, and it, it's because you're so invested in this, it's like you're nurturing this baby or plant and it's growing. And you're like, we've put blood, sweats, tears and more into this. And you're like, why, why are you criticising? What are you trying to criticise? And I, I get on the defensive all the time and you're like, oh, sh- just wait a minute. Put your neutral cap on and try and be a bit more... <laughs> to Chill. be fair, we didn't have any negative feedback. Like, I guess we had like one which was about us not being a Romanian restaurant. And then I thought we've never advertised us opening a restaurant with Romanian dishes. No. We've always said from the very beginning we're going to be a coffee shop slash bakery. So that's just been a bit of a confusion. Mm. But other than that, like we've got some criticism, but everything was constructive like oh, that's good yeah can you provide more vegan alternatives or gluten-free i'm like oh yeah we're going to try to develop more recipes yeah it's good to know you know when it's things like that that like oh there's a need for this or that that's great uh we never had like i don't think we've actually had like any rude customers or anyone to actually oh that's good make me cry <laughs> no good good no tears no tears before bedtime <laughs> yeah i don't think I, I would cope to be honest if i would have um you know is the rush of the job and having to deal with like a hundred people in a day for me, that's just. No, it's hard going and to do it every day. Yeah. You guys, are you actually getting a day off at the moment? I've started to since I heard Yay. the amazing barista. <laughs> He's about to when we hear. Yeah, so hopefully in about a week or so I'll have my day off as well. Great. When so have you got. Because there's your brother who's involved as well. Yeah. Who's not here today. So we'll just imagine he's in. I don't know, in person, somewhere yeah. in a picture. Um, if you could insert one now, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. um, so what does he do? And the other question is, so, yeah, one, what does he do? And two, what made you want to stick together as a team? Because obviously Ben's your other half and then you've got your brother. So is there any interesting, like, conflicts or do you all just get on or how does it work? your brother no it's we had a massive argument falling out thing i think 
about two weeks before opening, we actually had someone coming in doing a workshop on conflict resolution. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and that was also arranged by TAG. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Jenny, it was just like Jenny, happy, one of Jenny's many contacts. <laughs> it was a happy coincidence. And I was telling, his name is Rob. I was telling Rob, if you wouldn't have walked in today and had this talk with us, I swear I would have just packed my bags and run in the middle of the night and let the two of them just <laughs> get on with it. <laughs> yeah. It's been... It's been challenging. It's fun now. We have a lot of fun together because, well, I'm not going to say it's like it's my favorite brother. <laughs> it's like it's the one I get along with the most because we're very much alike. Right. So we kind of, we have this banter going on and we understand each other very well. But it does get a bit frustrating sometimes because at work, at the end of the day, I'm still his boss. Whereas he just sees me as his sister so it can get a little bit tense sometimes when he realizes that I'm not always going to be, you know, giving a preferential treatment because mm -hmm. you're still an employee, you know. So it gets a bit messy. <laughs> but so like, far... Like, like all families, you know. <laughs> yeah. Usually I would say family businesses can be like a lot of drama. <laughs> so far we're all still together. Still going strong. Yeah. Yeah. It's good though because... What did he do then before getting into the cafe kind of hospitality business? Uh, he was working in Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, in, I honestly don't know exactly what he was doing. He was He's your favourite brother, but I'm not quite sure. <laughs> no, the thing was he's changed jobs recently. Uh, he were, only worked for like, I think, three months. In a, it was a warehouse, something with machine yeah. parts. Technology, I'm not going to get it's <laughs> so far out of what my interest. Mm. And um, I knew he didn't quite like the job. It was very challenging. He didn't like his um, co-workers. Like, the whole dynamic was really... Mm. Un like, he was really unhappy. So I mentioned, if you ever feel like just dropping everything and coming to, to Whitehaven for a couple of months just to kind of figure out what you yeah. want to do next in your life... We've bought a house in Whitehaven recently and like our guest bedroom, you know, it's free for you to just use if you just want to like either take a few months, yeah. ground yourself, do a course or just, you just know, take some time out, take some time out. And if you want to go back to Birmingham and find a different job that, you know, makes you happier, do that. If you want to stay in Whitehaven, find something here again, mm -hmm. whatever. And then he took my advice, obviously, because I'm not caught up. <laughs> so he's he's moved in shortly before Christmas. Mm -hmm. At that moment, we weren't planning on opening anything in Whitehaven. <laughs> and then I accidentally, during a leathercraft workshop, I found out that the space underneath the beacon has been, like, it's, it's going to be up for rental in the near future. It wasn't yet being advertised. Mm -hmm. And I just found out that there was a coffee shop there before. Yeah. And I found out it's closed down. And then I just, I don't know what came to me because I was like, I've only been there twice. I couldn't remember the space very well. <laughs> I just knew it was in the harbor and Ben has been baking so much. I needed him out of the house <laughs> because I had to change my whole wardrobe since he started the whole business. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, obviously we were like dreaming about maybe one day open something, but much than what we opened. Yeah. So then... I made some inquiries and then we went to see the space. We talked about rent and somehow like the whole thing just. It just snowballed, didn't it? Because yeah. that's what 
I Je- never meant for it to happen. <laughs> Jenny comes in like um, your fairy godmother waves a magic wand and she's like, no, you need to do this and do this and this will be brilliant and you're going to do this. And it's like anybody who, that positive reinforcement, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And you, it's infectious. And then you're going, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to open this cafe. Yes, I'm changing light fittings and I'm painting walls and all of a sudden I've got a new oven being delivered. Hold on a minute, what happened? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I don't, like, all I remember was that, so one of the Beacon employees came in for a little workshop with her sister. Mm. I've only invited her sister because <laughs> I, I I knew her sister, so she came in for a workshop and she asked, oh, can I invite my other sister? Like, yeah, oh, mm. of course. So the two of them came and then she talked about how she works at the Beacon and I mentioned like how I've never been in the museum, I've only been in the cafe downstairs. And then she just briefly said, oh, the cafe is now closed. And I... It's just like a light bulb mm. went inside my head. That's and then an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I reached out, like I pestered her to give me the contact email for whoever is responsible for renting. I got in touch, presented our business idea, which was non-existent up <laughs> to that point. She just replied that she wants to hear more about our venture. So I just went on with like, if I ever grow up and open a coffee shop, it would be like this. And I basically wrote that down and it turns out it's... The coffee shop we have now, all the books and the piano and... Well, that was going to be my next kind of prompt was for those who haven't been to Howling Wolf Cafe Bakery in Whitehaven, there's a nice little plug for you. Um, (laughs) Describe it. How would you describe it? Because I I might describe it differently to you and it's your baby. Yeah, I was going to say it's a brain baby. (laughs) It's one of those things that... Like, it existed in my head. The moment I've I've stepped into the space and I've taken a look around, I knew exactly what I wanted where. Mm-hmm. And then I worked really hard to, like, make it happen, which is why the conflict resolution, because my brother and Ben wouldn't get it at some yeah. point. So they're like, yeah. I already know how the space is going to look like. Play catch up. <laughs> yeah. well, the thing is, like, we had to do it from scratch because the place before it was just, like, plant. It was just, like, white walls. That's it. Yeah, it was a big so, dream, wasn't it? Because... Yeah. Um, I watched your journey on Instagram and the before, during and after drip feeding of marketing genius of um, telling the story of how this is going to develop. And then when it was done and walking in, I was like, I love it because you chose the colour that's the same colour as my sofa in my living room and my front room. I was like, right, that's it. We've immediately bonded over (laughs) navy blue. Um, And it's so cosy and quirky and it it feels like it's been there a long time because it's embedded into that space and you've got a little surprise in there haven't you oh yeah the piano there's a piano and has anybody played it yet we had people like trying but we're working on getting a light like live music license oh wow yeah that'd be brilliant so when that happens Mm -hmm. and we have more stuff we want to have evenings where we have live music like someone is actually playing Playing. for like hours and hours because I think it, it lends itself well, that space, because it's, yeah. well, it's quite a big space, isn't it, from Ben's little cafe oh, to yeah. where... How many does it seat, roughly? 50. Around 50. 50. And yeah. if, I suppose if you shuffled tables and chairs out the way, you've got standing room and... Oh, that would be so well. much you'd, more, yeah. You'd have probably about 100 in there, I reckon. Don't give him any <laughs> Open mic night, you heard it here first. <laughs> so it, would you say then your move to the UK has been one of the best things you've ever done? 
or would you change it in any way? Your story we so far? We moved to the UK because we've, we've lived in the UK in the past. So right. we lived for three years whilst I was a student. Mm -hmm. Then we moved to Prague for three years. And then we came back to the UK on a whim. Mm -hmm. Is this the whim then? I think it's because we like this one back yeah we moved back to the uk we were absolutely miserable i at least i was absolutely miserable in prague with the whole language barrier and mm. again because i'm autistic and i've got adhd the stimulation of being in like such a busy city as prague yeah it was just taking a toll and then one day we we're just like oh, i remember when we lived in the uk this and that and that and then it was just like late night, again, kind of like with the coffee shop, just <laughs> briefly talked about what if we moved back? It was right before Brexit really came into force, like mm -hmm. from January 1st, you need a visa, you need yeah, that. Yeah. And this was end of October. And wow. beginning of November, we were already moved back in the UK. Like within two weeks, we've sold everything we owned, packed our bags, he's found a job, we moved to the UK. Something tells me that when you have an idea, Carmina, it's happening whether it's been like this or not. <laughs> he likes force. We're going that way. He likes to believe that he has a say into things, but at the end of the day, I mean, you've done it together, though. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm more of an idea person, and then he has to like work really hard to kind of make it happen. <laughs> He's more of a hands-on person. So, so had you visited Whitehaven before? Um, so when we moved back to the UK, it was in Birmingham. Yeah. Then we discovered by accident Whitehaven whilst on a van trip through the Lake District. Oh. A few months later after we moved, it was during the pandemic when we were, I think it was uh, after the first or second lockdown when we were allowed to travel for like leisure, but yeah. only in nature. Yeah. So we were doing that because no hotels were open or anything. And we ended up sleeping in a parking lot in Whitehaven. <laughs> and then again, on our drive back to Birmingham, I was telling Ben, wouldn't it be amazing to retire in a place like Whitehaven because you've got the Lake District and the sea. It's perfect. And I was Googling houses for sale just to get an idea of pricing. Mm. And I was shocked to see how cheap houses are in Whitehaven. <laughs> Why are houses in Whitehaven so cheap? Makes no sense. The town is amazing. And then again, I just... Told Ben, I was like, if they're all like hundred, hundred thousand pounds, why would we buy anything in Birmingham? Yeah, that's gonna be treble, if not more, yeah. the same size. Yeah. Well, this is the West Coast, and we ended up in Whitehaven. <laughs> yeah. And then he started baking because he was unemployed. Got bored. Yeah, this. Well, to be fair, you weren't supposed to get bored because he took a year off work to renovate the house we bought. We bought a really cheap ex-council house that mm -hmm. we're renovating. And the only reason we have a coffee shop today is that I gave up having a new kitchen and bathroom in our house. <laughs> I still live in misery <laughs> because we decided to invest. I feel because that's the two things that need to change in my house. But it's like, no, we'll build his and hers workshops at the bottom of the garden instead. I'd like to thank Carmina and Ben for joining us today on Tech Talks and you've been wonderful and it's been so interesting to find out a bit more about your journey globally yeah. <laughs> and landing in Whitehaven. So obviously I have mentioned these blinking cinnamon buns so many times. Tell the audience where they can find you. So you can find us in Whitehaven uh, at the Beacon Museum on ground floor every day this summer. <laughs> yeah, every day. They're not getting a day off. So it's at the Beacon, it's um, ground floor level, there's plenty of parking. And if they're interested in following you on social media, what do we look for? 
and where? Instagram and Facebook, Howling Wolf Bakery. Brilliant. So Howling Wolf Bakery on Instagram and Facebook. And the best way to sort it out, folks, is just to go. Go and see them. Go meet them. Have a bite to eat. Get a great cup of coffee. And shop local and shop independent as well. Well, thank you very much both. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of Teg Talks. This was Carmina and Ben, and I'm Rachel, and I'll see you next time. Bye. A Liquid Studios production.